You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. You can download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked On Rooms. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. You can also follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nod of the Scribe. We've been going through our player evaluations. We got through Malik Monk the first day. We got through... PJ Washington yesterday and today on the list it's Devonte Graham I think among the more three interesting player evaluations to go back on this season I think I think you go LaMelo Terry Rozier Gordon Hayward those guys are somewhat like everybody's interesting but those are the guys yeah. that you know made some big contributions but as far as what I think are maybe polarizing evaluations I think Malik PJ and Devonte as the random wheel generator of names uh, gave us I think they gave us a pretty good order here to kind of lead us off as far as what we're polarizing players this year where you can have a wide range of evaluations on that yeah no this is this is like this is the controversy side where, you know what, I thought that people would be in our mentions telling us how how dumb we are, how this, how that. And you know what? It's been silence for the most part. I am legitimately <laughs> surprised. I went to go check back to see those, if those episodes aired and these episodes have gone on the air. I am just legitimately surprised that nobody has argued with us yet. You are always looking at your mentions. Your mentions are always, I feel like you're always panicking, looking at the at button, looking at the mention saying, is there anybody going to be criticizing and or coming at me when I don't have time for it today? Because I don't, I think we did all right. I mean, look, that's what we're doing with Malik and PJ and people are going in your mentions about it uh, or, or, and you're worried about it yeah. like i think we're good on that no we're good i'm good like no one's gone in my mentions yet i'm just surprised no one we haven't gotten called anything like this like i'm <laughs> like i was just wondering where the feedback was in, on all this because mm-hmm. i know we're yeah. putting them out so it's just i love to see what the feedback is so far <laughs> we've done two we haven't gotten any feedback right now that's all i'm saying like if let uh, us know that we, at least you guys somewhat agree with the assessment or whatever but again i'm just thinking to myself like it's been awfully quiet all right we'll go to Devonte graham's counting stats to lead us off for the third player evaluation what they did this past season so the counting stats for Devonte look like this he averaged 14.8 points per game this season that's down about three or four points per game last year but obviously Lamelo ball gordon hayward being on the roster not asking him to score nearly as much so almost 15 points per game He averaged five and a half assists per game. He averaged 2.7 rebounds. He shot 84% from the free throw line. His overall field goal percentage, which is something we'll kind of figure out and look at a little bit more here in this segment. He shot 37.7% from the field. That's basically what he shot last year. He shot 37.5% from three-point range. That's basically what he shot last year. He did so on basically the same attempts per game from last year, which it's maybe somewhat interesting because he did have a different role. Maybe you thought that number might change, but in reality, 
he just shot more threes this year compared to the other shots that he was taking on the floor. And so the role changes, but he's getting served on the three point line more so than pulling up and, and, and dribbling into some of those shots more so. So those are the counting stats, yes. not a. And I think when you look at that before we dive into his shot selection, the different type of role that he was asked to play this year, if you look at those numbers, you heard me say a lot of the efficiency numbers were the same. Yeah. You look at the two-point percentage, it even went down from somebody that struggled inside the arc despite taking less of those shots by a lot this year. The efficiency, even still, it went further down. The free throw attempts per game, they went down, although that's, again, playing more of an off-ball role. LaMelo having it in his hands more. Gordon having it in his hands more. I don't really look too much into that. What do you make of some of the counting stats and the efficiency numbers overall? They, and it's something that we talked about before, it's like the counting stats might be the middle ground between what we see and what the advanced stats tell us. Like the counting stats might be the most accurate representation of what Devontae Graham was this year, because if, when you start looking at the advanced stats, that's when it gets to be a little bit of a murkier and minutia laden thing. Like, count, counting stats-wise, again, he, there was no way he was going to maintain what he did last year. And I think that's something that I don't think enough Hornets fans took into account, was that he was never going to replicate last year. There were too many factors that were going to work against him. The shortened training camp, the fact that they had a ginormous layoff, the development time, and just the fact that there were going to be more guys that he would have to share the sugar with. So... There was a lot of things that he was never going to be able to do just at the outset. But at the same time, these counting stats, while down, did show you a little, a few more like, like holes in the armor of one Devontae Graham. And unfortunately, you can't be showing these, these uh, holes in, these, in your armor when you have, I don't know, a contract that you need to negotiate going into the summer. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I think just Devontae is showing you what what his most effective role is going to be. And we're going to piggyback off of what we talked about in the last episode when we were kind of looking at the honorable mentions of the stretches for Michelob Ultra Player of the Year nominees. But Devontae Graham, he's 26 years old, Nada. You know, this is somebody that is only this is his third year in the league, but he came in as a old basketball player. So he comes in as a guy that's already you know he's not that far off from one Terry Rozier you look at the last couple of seasons he was an MIP candidate in his second year and this past season um you know the the only thing that really went down too much was the overall points per game but the efficiency it stays the same you go to where he was taking more of his shots I mean he was taking a lot of three-pointers this season in fact over 70 percent of his field goals came behind the arc and he shot 37 and a half percent from three-point range this year which is a fine percentage it's it's actually pretty good compared to the volume that he shot it at that's an effective shot for Devontae Graham mm -hmm. and an effective shot for the offense overall but this is the rest of his percentage so the the two-point percentage overall for him that means it's just at 28.7 percent inside the arc and that is down from 39.3 percent which I guess is okay uh, because it's not like he's shooting very well inside the arc at all, but it, 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 we just know his game is pretty 
one dimensional when it comes to scoring and that's beyond the three point line. I actually thought he might even be better suited for an off ball role because mm-hmm. LaMelo could come in and then set him up for the catch and shoot. And we know that he's got that kind of ability and you go to the advanced stats. You mentioned some of that and Sam Purley wrote for Hornets.com a few weeks ago on what Devonte Graham did this season. He mentioned some of those advanced stats like leading his team in a 2.1 net rating this year. He finished 15th amongst all NBA players in real plus minus. That came in at 3.88. That's an ESPN generated metric that estimates what is quote on-court impact on teams performance and they account for some different variables there. But I think my response to that would be that stat values low turnover high assists so much so that it probably overvalues that. I'm not saying that's not important but I think they look so much into that right like it's somewhat of a look at real plus minus is 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 a I guess a decent stat yeah but that that's the kind of thing that that's going to value defensively it also valued what Devontae did and you're right like for me not I just I watched Devontae on the court I think that you know, there are times where Devontae yeah he knows where to be but also you know there, it's it's not like he's providing a whole lot of resistance to what the other team wants to do and you know the Charlotte Hornets uh I mean Devontae I guess gets just better advanced stats because uh, you know, for some of the reasons that I don't see, right? Yeah. Like, you know, for, for, for me, I just don't look at him and say, yeah, that's a plus defender in the NBA. So we can talk more about what the future is going to look like. But, you know, Devonte polarizing player because some of the advanced stats would say he's valuable. James Borrego would point to you and say he's extremely valuable. But some of the efficiency numbers, they just aren't there for him. No, they're not there for him. And it's just like I just like the the hardest thing to do is try to be measured in any kind of Devonte Graham discussion especially this year and especially on the internet which you could also point out is very hard to have a reason reasonable discussion on the internet period but um i would also point out that he was like for me i think what fans did with him i think fans partially resented him for n- basically not being good enough to justify LaMelo not starting. And I think that colors a lot of the discourse when it comes to Devontae Grant. It's why there were people that for up until, oh, I want to say maybe the last two, three weeks, that were like, keep Malik, damn what Devontae gives us. And I, again, I was one of those people. I was one of those people that was like, okay, let Devontae Graham walk. And then you start looking at what he did necessarily from an efficiency standpoint. He did get better at distribution. And I think that's one thing. Like, he became a better ball distributor. But I don't know if that was just because the environment changed when you add two guys that are very unselfish in Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball. Like, a lot of – and I guess this is where it comes down to, to me. Like, a lot of the discussion we have when it comes to Devontae Graham comes down to are the numbers or again which set of numbers are lying and then more importantly it was his stats like nature or nurture did he help contribute to these stats or was this the hand that he was given and he did the best that he could with it like there's a lot of that to this and i'm not sure how you tell which from which unfortunately this year 
This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fan and the app sports fans and the app is free to download and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes and insiders in real time about your favorite team or your favorite sport. It's the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league and you'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns and of course reacting to big news or rumors. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on the all uh, on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and uh, join the latest group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and your favorite leagues. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. We'll talk more about Devontae Graham coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. We said it Monday. They lost to the Pips. They didn't lose to Gladys Knight. They lost to the right. Pips. They lost to the backup band. They lost to Steve. Now, granted, depending on the backup band, that this is still a impressive backup band. If it's like Stevie Wonder's backup band, then yeah, it's awesome. But if it's I was like gonna say. Kings, of, <laughs> Kings of Leon backup band, totally different. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? Some of the staples, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. It's also very good. They're also high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. And you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So when we talk about Devontae Graham and whether he's going to stay with this team or not, you and I both lean more towards that Devontae is going to be a member of the Charlotte Hornets in a way that we kind of used to view Miles Bridges and PJ Washington. We viewed them as an either or for the future, and we both have changed our mind. I think a lot of the Hornets fan base has probably changed their mind based on the small ball lineup and the growth that we saw for Miles Bridges this season. Now that has flipped for Malik Monk and Devontae. It seems very much like an either or situation yes. of which guy the Charlotte Hornets choose to keep. And Devontae has always been a James Borrego guy. He loves himself some Devontae. You hear him talk about Devontae glowingly constantly in postgame availability. And in any time that Borrego talks, he leaves him out there on the floor. He allows him to have some really cold shooting nights because mm -hmm. there is, quote, a calming presence out there on the court. He loves what Devontae is able to do where he constantly is reminding you right Borrego is constantly mm -hmm. reminding you of all of the things Devonte can help with even if he does go three of 12 from the three-point line on an overall four of 13 shooting night like that's some of the cold things that Devonte can do and and this is my thing with Devonte Nada yeah. like I'm not even disagreeing with him being a smart basketball player I've actually always thought he was a really smart passer I've always thought this was somebody that played with a very high level IQ on the basketball court certainly offensively and even defensively he does it he's not it's not like he's out of position I just don't think there's a lot of resistance from him but it's not like he's out of position a lot of times when when Devonte goes through some of these cold streaks yes he can assist at a decent level but Lamelo is there for that miles can and miles and pj you've got really good ball movement Devonte contributes to that but other guys can move the ball as well so maybe you know you can get away without Devonte's ball movement as much Devonte, when he goes cold or when he's on these cold streaks he really it it, it what what else does he do 
to you know yeah, this is con- contribute at a high level. Like I, I, I it, it's kind of going against some of what everybody else views Devonte like. But look, you can go to the overall numbers. He shoots 37, 38% from three, and that's really good. Like his effective field goal percentage is over 50%. That is a good, solid, effective field goal percentage. But the cold streaks, they really hurt when he's just not making shots with inside the two-point arc and when he's taking nothing but threes, and then he'll maybe take the occasional couple of two-point shots, but he's only taking them at a 28% clip, and he's only making them at a 37% clip. There's just not a whole lot offensively when it comes to scoring that he does if he has a really cold shooting night. And we've seen a lot of them. We've we've got the first half of his second season in the mm-hmm. NBA to go to, okay, wow, that guy came in and was just a microwave. And that was my problem with people defending Devonte with his shooting struggles at the early part of this year. We were saying, hey, this is this is just a small sample size. You know, last year this was somebody that was helping a lot, but I constantly go back to no, there was a lo- there was a longer stretch in his second season of him having um, you know, uh, like 38% from three stuff and, and 40 under 40% from the, f- uh, field stuff. Then there was the, the hot streak that he had at the first at the half first of half. the yeah, season, exactly. right? Like that, that, that's my point with Devonte. I just, I wanted to see him improve shot making wise floater and, and I just didn't do that. And that's disappointing. Yeah. But how much of that do you factor into the fact that, you know, there was a pandemic and a lot of guys didn't develop over this like there's going to be a development curve there was a development delay because of the delete eight teams that weren't able to practice now granted trey young seems to have been the only guy that probably of the delete eight guys of the major delete eight guys to really uh, i'm sorry trey young and julius randall of the delete eight delete eight teams that didn't participate they seem to have managed to withstand that like development delay just a little bit but a lot of guys were developed, like, had their development hindered because of the pandemic, and that's no fault of their own. The way I would put Devontae Graham is, like, he's a really, really, really comfortable pair of shoes. He's not the Jays. Like, he's not going to be your Jays. But he's also not going to be, like, your, not, not your Nike flip-flops or your Adidas flip-flops. He's going to, like, he's a pair of shoes and I, I will just say for this for this uh, exercise, like the Adidas Ultra Boosts, like they're <laughs> going to be. And you're, I hear you laughing, and you're like, "This is going to make sense at some point, right, Nada? Yes, it will. Don't worry about it, Walker. Um, he's a nice, decent pair of Adidas Ultra Boosts. They're not very flashy. They're not. You're not taking them to go to the club. You're not taking them to go anywhere with your friends and hang out and grab a beer. But where you're taking them, like you're taking them to t- for that target run. You're taking them for that. Um, you're taking it for the, the the Harris Teeter run. You're taking them to go to um, Home Depot too. Like you're taking them to these basic <laughs> spots. <laughs> the basic, the most basic of spots. Like I wonder why. What's going through Nada's head to where those are the stores that you're coming up with first and foremost? Uh, well, here's the thing. I'm 38 years old and I I do the, all this basic stuff and I can't. I'm too old to wear slides now. <laughs> like that that's the thing like i again i can't do the slides anymore but he's not slides but he's not the jays he's in that middle area between and that's what determines whether you feel like 
do you want to continue wearing these or do you want to grow up and get another pair or do you want to get a better pair or do you want to get something more comfortable? And honestly, th if this should probably be a little foreshadowing into my own personal shoe journey as I have a whole bunch of shoes I do not wear because they are entirely, they're not the comfortable things. Like the thing with Jays is you got to break them in and I don't feel like breaking them in. I have my Adidas Ultra Boost right there that I can wear. I slip, throw them on and I can run off and go. Like they're the perfect pair of dad shoes to do whatever you need to 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 on a weekend. That's what makes Devonte so comfortable is that he's not necessarily that star, but he also at the same time becomes this whole other thing that like there's a comfort, there's a reliability, there's a trust, and it's something I said in the Malik Monk episode. Like ninety percent of the reason that Malik probably didn't get as many minutes as he did is because James Brago doesn't trust him and that's going to matter. So if you don't trust the guy and there is a, a distinct amount of trust, that's going to determine whether you get paid or not, because you can be reliable. We can rely on Devante and his 14, about 14, 15 points a game, his five assists and probably around 38 to 40% from three. That's again, that's reliable. If you can get that out of him and pay a decent price for it, not like not really just like not anything like four for 80, but maybe something like four for 48 or four for like, like five for 60. If something along the line of that came along, I wouldn't be upset. Like 12 million, 12 million a year. Okay, fine. But it's when it, the price gets exorbitant for someone like that, where it can be cost prohibitive, where I don't see him staying. And the one thing that, and I got to give, I forgot who it was. It might have been Newton's hat, um, at Newton's hat on Twitter, who first brought this up and I like dismissed it because I thought more teams would bid for his services. But we're looking at as uh, we're looking at a landscape where guys would are going to possibly have to take one year deals because the market's going to be that bad this year. So when I say that, I can see, again, it goes back to the scenario I talked about with Malik Monk. I can see them bringing back a Devontae Graham and a Malik Monk on a one-year deal because they want to go test the market when more teams have money. I don't know that, I, again, I don't know that that's going to happen. I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't, like, put money that it's going to happen, but it's a scenario. But, like, if we're going to talk about bringing him back and what he's going to be. As long as you expect him to be the ultra boosts, it'll be fine. Wow. Okay. That's your analogy. That is, we got Home Depot. We got New Balance. We got Adidas Ultra Boost. We got Jordans. That is your analysis from Nada the Scribe. Follow him on Twitter for more great analysis on Devante and analogies. Analogies, I don't know. It's Walker Mail and Nada on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll give you one more segment about Devante Graham coming up on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presence More Than... God Almighty. <laughs> Keep this... You're, you're not deleting this at all. This is going to end up being a, a, a bit. I promise you. It's going to... No. No, it's going to be a bump. It's going to be a bump. Let it, let it... Just let it be. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. 
Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs, and you can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's talk more. Devontae, this is why we're doing the player capsules. We can dedicate every single episode to each individual player that we're evaluating. You know, so not a, one of the reasons that Terry Rozier improved so much this past season mm-hmm. was because of his ability to improve a ton with inside the three point line, because he already showed some elite catch and shoot ability last year. He picked up right where he left off. And even when he had about a month or so where he went pretty cold, he wasn't shooting well from the field anymore. Wasn't shooting well from the three anymore. He got back on track a little as the season um, at maybe even like the last three weeks or so. And, um, and still he had already done enough at the beginning to kind of hold his efficiency number numbers pretty well you know so for him the highest he had ever shot from two-point range was the first year with the Hornets he shot 43.6 percent and then this past year he shot 51.2 he had over half of his shots inside the three-point line huge huge improvement for Terry Rozier to bring him to 45 percent overall from the field that's a big jump as well from his best efficiency numbers overall as well his first year with the Hornets Mm -hmm. my question is could you see something remotely close like that to for Devontae Graham entering, you know, what is kind of going to be a similar age that Terry did this, right? Because yeah. Terry Rogier, he's 27 years old right now. He's basically like almost exactly a year older than Devontae. And so I guess if you're just looking at the age, not necessarily the year's experience because Terry got into the league younger, but if you're looking at the age, that's where Terry was able to jump up. Can you see that from a Devontae Graham next year for the Charlotte Hornets or maybe whatever other team signs him if the Hornets decide not to match that offer? No, because I don't think Devontae's wired like that. If I'm really honest, I don't think he's wired. Like, Terry Rozier is a bulldog. Like, I am one of those people that believes in the mentality that you need a Terry Rozier on your team because you're going to need that tough guy, that gritty guy. That Again, insert typical stereotypical white guy athlete narrative here like you're going to need that i am i don't know there's there's a lot of this that i just don't think that Devontae's that guy and unfortunately that's gonna matter like makeup does matter when it comes to this when, when it comes to this roster because like you're talking about if you see something like that coming from him then yeah obviously you sign him but if you don't then would it be better to? Would you be best served by investing that money that you would throw at Terry at uh, Devonte into someone like Terry? So I'm not sure that I would be the type to. Uh, how would I put this? I'm not sure I would be the one to expect that from Devonte. I expect it from Terry because Terry's got a different kind of mentality. I don't expect it from Devonte. Yeah, what's funny is I was looking at their height and weight without looking. Nada. Who would you guess is bigger? Um, I would guess it would be Terry, but I'm pretty sure I'm wrong on that. Well, yeah, that's the reason I asked, right? It's one of those things where, well, I guess the obvious answer isn't so obvious. I thought Terry Rozier was going to come in at least listed 
bigger than what Devonte is maybe a little wider for Devonte, a little stockier but i thought terry's going to come in taller just the measurements might be a little different in terry's favor but terry is listed on basketball reference as 6 190 pounds Devonte graham is listed 6 195 pounds yeah. <laughs> which is funny right like you just feel like terry is and, and he's obviously built a little different yes. i don't think they have the same type of bodies if you were to ask me how similar are they i would be like well i guess a couple of inches off in height but they're listed as the same height and five pounds off in weight i i don't i don't even know i i mean i'm with you as far as terry's mentality i just think he's got more shots in his repertoire once you get past the three-point line too and here's the other thing about terry right yes he was always pretty bad shooting from two-point range but never as bad as Devonte. Like you look at Terry's numbers and his second year in the league, he shot 40 and a half percent from two, which is basically his work. You, worst. you look at his rookie year, the sample size is minuscule too much to, to really not count. But Terry, his lowest one is 40 and a half percent. I mean, not of that's better than Devonte Graham's career inside the yard. Yeah, and that, you know, so Eve, go ahead. And that's the problem with all of this. Like there's the, the layup packages. What Terry Rozier does around the rim is vastly different and maybe like the best example of possibly improving the finishing at the rim is Kemba Walker for Devontae Graham but even then do you see potentially that kind of growth in Devontae Graham I'm not so sure like the body type matters the mentality matters the amount of time that you can clearly tell that Terry Rozier works on finishing around the around the rim matters all of it, like all these little details matter when it comes to it. And it's why I don't see Devonte ever being the finisher that Terry is uh, that, that he became this year. Yeah. And, and so it's just an interesting thing, right? You're looking at very similar in age to, to what Devonte is going to do coming into this season. He's going to be the age that Terry was coming into this past year. And Terry improved so much had a career year. I guess you could try to think of maybe Devonte doing something like that, where he did improve drastically in one area. Maybe that's something you shouldn't expect because of the different types of player that um, both are at least to some degree and the last thing is you know here we are talking about whether Devonte is going to come back I think he does yeah. I think the Charlotte Hornets they they bring Devonte back and you know what he's going to help this team right like I know I, fo- I probably focus too much on the negative with Devonte um, you know I, I do recognize and probably should talk more about all the positive that he does but I, I recognize that it's probably going to it's going to be a better contract this year than what maybe you thought last year just because he burst onto the scene all the players yeah. are saying he should have won most improved player of the year just he was a hot commodity and he would have made more money but the Hornets they decided not to give him that extension it's something that I might have bet it's something I was even talking about betting on and again I'm glad the Hornets didn't yeah no, you know, no it, it was it's, it's it's one of those things like the Hornets were kind of wise not to do it. but also a lot of that was remember it didn't help Devontae Graham because Devontae Graham could have signed a, a 72 for four-year deal or again in October and chose not to and chose and chose to bet on himself this is the other side of that coin maybe some, some team sees him as an alternative to Dev- to Dennis Schroeder who seems to want the moon and, and back for whatever he does and someone, some team may see him as an, an alternative. Otherwise, the market may not be there for him this year, and he takes a one-year deal to prove it again.
Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for Devante. Thanks again for joining us. And thanks to Spotify Green Room for supporting the show, just as well as you guys. We always appreciate your support. Make sure to listen to Locked On NBA. Make sure to listen to Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow for another player evaluation. LaMelo Ball.